the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Would all the kiddos up through the 12th grade please come forward. to see y'all trailing down here, all in your vestments and everything. Y'all, you know, I grew up with uh, seven brothers and one sister, so there were nine of us total, and we didn't have a lot of money, maybe nobody did in those days, I don't know, but uh, we would fight a lot, uh, and uh, if my mother made hamburgers, uh, one of us might say, that's not fair, he got meat on his burger, or something like that, or... He got potatoes in his potato soup. That's not right. That's not fair. What's wrong with that? You know, we, and we did that a lot. And uh, I suppose you all do that too if you have siblings from time to time. That probably happens. Um, what we learn in the gospel reading today is that the son, one of the, the youngest son, he goes away. He, get, he asks his father for the money that he would inherit if his father were to die. And so his father gives him probably lots of money, and the son leaves. The father probably was sad when the son left, uh, but he gave the son the freedom to leave. And so the son left, and, he, and the Bible says he, he spent all of his money in dissolute living. That means probably not good living, right? Um, did all kinds of things that we shouldn't be doing. While the elder son, the other second son, stayed home and did all the things that he should be doing. And so uh, there was a famine, and the, sec- and the first son, the youngest son, came to his senses because uh, he, was fe- he was feeding the by the which, by the way, the Jewish people did not even come around pigs, but he was even eating what the pigs ate. Uh, he was so bad off, he had spent everything he had on uh, that kind of living. And so he decides to come back to the father, and he's coming down the road, and he's already rehearsed what he's going to say to the father, and the father, by the way, who is, right, and the younger son is us, right? All of us. And so he comes, he comes and wants to say, Father, let me be your slave. Let me work for you so at least I can eat. And the father had every right to say no. Every right to say no. But he embraced him, put a ring on his finger, a coat on his back, and said, come in, let us, let us kill the fatted calf. Let us have a feast because you were lost and now you are found. And the elder son, he hears about it. He said, that's not fair. He's got meat on his burger, right? That's just not fair. The elder son had done everything the father wanted him to do. But remember, we started this parable. with Jesus started this parable when scribes and the Pharisees were complaining about him eating with sinners. Well, this sinner came back and repented. We come back. We're in church today because we have repented. We are here worshiping God. Yeah, we still don't live right lives a lot of our times, but we try and we're striving. But we're here because we worship God. And so we've repented and we've turned back to God. You know, it's interesting that um, Sylvia and Stuart, uh, Eric, I mean, Eric Eric and Sylvia Stuart, they were here at Prayer Praise and they they moved to Fort Worth and she came and confessed her sin. She brought a, a church pen that she had stolen. Yes. 
she had stolen. I had every right to say, I'm going to call the police, Sylvia. I'm going to call the, you still, and I gave it back to her, by the way. I gave it back to her. And, uh, but, you know, we have to confess our sins. We have to turn to God. And God is always, always, always eager to receive us to himself. He wants us to turn around and come back to him no matter how far we stray off the path. If it's 20 years from now, you haven't come to God, come back to God. If it's two days, come back to God. That's what he wants. He wants us to come back to him. Always, 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 right? Always. Okay, thank you for coming up here. Deacon John does a great job with this sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So, Adam and Eve were in the garden. And they walked with God. And they got one commandment. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And along came Satan. And he whispered in their ear. And instead of seeing the gift and the beauty of the garden that God had given them to live in, they took their eyes off of God and they looked at the tree. Yes, and the more they looked at the tree, the more they thought about the tree, the more they hungered for the tree, the more they imagined the power that would come with the consumption of the tree. And before they knew it, they could no longer see the garden. It was gone. Our eyes have the power to change the world we live in. God, in his mercy, cast them out of the garden and gave them the opportunity to grow and to change in hopes that they might see. But over time, man saw the world, and man created his own version of the world, and it became so evil, and it became so corrupt, that God sent a flood and he destroyed it all. Except for Noah and his family and the ark. Who after 40 days got the opportunity to see a new world. Wiped clean. They had the opportunity to see 
God and to renew a right relationship with God. But alas, they took their eyes off of God and saw sin. And so they failed again. And God in his persistent love of us sought out a people and he called to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and he took them from the land where they lived across the Fertile Crescent to the Promised Land and he showed it to them and he promised that in time it would be theirs. In time, their descendants, more numerous than the stars, would possess the land. But first, they needed to see the world in a different way. And so God led them into Egypt. And he led them into slavery. And he invited them to repent and to see the world in a new way. And in the course of time, he sent Moses. And Moses demonstrated the power of God. He demonstrated the miracles of God. And he led them out into the wilderness to the mountain of God. And he delivered God's commandments to them. And they sinned. All God wants is a people whose hearts are devoted to him. Whose eyes are focused on him. But they turned away to the golden calf. And so 40 years later after life in the wilderness. Depended upon manna depended upon God day for day by day by day for 40 years for life. They died. And a new generation was given the opportunity to enter the land. And so we read from the Old Testament today, Joshua leading them into the land. And scripture is clear here that their sin finally forgiven. They have the opportunity to put aside the manna and to taste the fruits of the land. The fruits of the garden, the produce of God's creation. But you know that some of the spies who entered that land saw only trouble. They saw animal, enemies. They saw difficulty. They saw with the eyes of the world and they said, no, we can't enter the land. And yet Joshua led them into the land and they tasted the fruit. But then their eyes turned away and they fell. And in due time, the ten tribes of Israel were destroyed by Assyria. In time, the two tribes of Judah and Benjamin were taken captive back to Babylon. And after 70 years in captivity, God gave them a new opportunity to see 
the kingdom of God with fresh eyes. And a remnant of them chose to return. Not all. The majority kept their eyes focused on the world and their opportunity to live in the kingdom of God faded away. But for the remnant, they rebuilt Jerusalem and they built a new temple. And they had an opportunity to start over fresh and new with God. And in due time, after 400 years of silence, God sent his only son into the world. And the question was, could they see with new eyes? Could they see the Messiah when he came into their presence? Or were they still focused on the world, on the knowledge of good and evil, on the power, on the wealth of the world in which they lived? Then we know the story. And so what's going to happen then, we see in the story that Jesus delivers today in our gospel reading is that the Pharisees are still seeing the world through human eyes. When what they need is new sight. They're trapped in the same death that all of the people from Adam to the present were trapped in. What Paul calls us to in 2 Corinthians is to become a new creation. To see the world in a new way. To open their eyes and see the world as Christ sees it. The apostles of the Old Testament called for us to have a new heart. Jesus talked about a new covenant. All things are made new. Can we see it? God at work. All around us, God at work. You see, God is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. He's always been at work in the garden. It is we who can't see. Look at the two sons. Both of them brought up in the family of God. And neither one with any appreciation at all of the work of the Father, of the work of the kingdom. They don't appreciate the work. They don't see the gift. 
They see the things of the world that they will receive at the end. And the one son takes his inheritance and squanders it. Old eyes living in a broken world, seeing the broken world, seeking the things of the broken world until he hits the bottom, until he's in the pen with the pigs. And then his eyes are opened and he looks back anew at the work that he did with his father in his kingdom. And he realized that even the hired hands and the servants and the slaves were blessed. They were blessed because they were getting to walk in the garden with its owner. They were getting to do the work of the creator and they were sustained and they had life and he decided to repent he could see with the eyes of Christ we live in a broken world you and I and we have a choice each day when we wake up what are we going to see? Shall we turn on the news? We will see that the world today is still broken, just like it was yesterday. We'll look at the Ukraine. We'll look at Russia. We'll look at inflation. We'll look at COVID. And by the time we've spent our first five minutes, we will be so depressed. And we will go about the dreary work of acquiring the things of this world. Or we could wake up each morning and see a new creation. We could see the garden that God has created for us. We can seek out God at work in the kingdom here now. And if we seek the kingdom of God, Jesus tells us that we will find it. And it will transform us. Or we could be the other son. We could be the Pharisees. So he did the work every day. Notice the wording. Look again at the wording in the gospel message. He considered the work he did to be that of a slave. Was it a privilege to work in the garden of the kingdom of God with God himself? Or was it a burden that kept him from acquiring the things of the world? What does he desire? He does not desire friends working in the kingdom. 
What he wants is a party for he and his friends in the world. Could I have the blessing, please? So it is my prayer for us today, for you and for me, that we will see the world with fresh eyes, that we will seek first the kingdom of God, that we will see God at work in the world around us, and that we will be filled with a new heart that is joyful and excited for the opportunity to serve God in his kingdom. And our focus on Christ, I pray that it becomes so intense, so focused, so narrow, that all of the problems of the world are set aside. And we can seek the kingdom of God in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.